Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbols and secrets of the major arcana, and we hope you'll join us. If you've been listening along so far, you'll know we sometimes get carried away on like a tide of glyphs, and we're knee-deep in Kabbalah before we can stop ourselves. So if it sounds like we're speaking in tongues, please stay with us. Help is on the way. We have a webpage, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And on that webpage, you'll find basic reference articles and episode notes that are free to everyone, as well as behind the scenes posts and in-depth articles for patrons. And if you become a patron, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways, like Jess in Texas, who just won last week's giveaway for the Empress episode. Congratulations, Jess. So you're probably wondering, what's this week's giveaway? Well, you won't believe this, but Mel has harvested and dried a whole pile of yarrow to make her own I Ching sticks. A set of those could be yours along with a matted color print of the Emperor from Mel's Tabula Mundi deck. All you gotta do is sign up as a patron at the $3 level or above, and you'll be automatically entered in our drawing. And now, here is Fortune's Wheelhouse. Okay, we are here to talk about the emperor, the king, the cubic stone, king of kings, the king of kings, the son of the morning, the chief among the mighty. There's something whack about this. The empress was the daughter of the mighty ones, right? And he's the chief among the mighty. How come he gets to be a chief and she's the daughter? You know, is that fair? (laughs) Is this just like Victorian patriarchalism at work? Probably. (laughs) Probably. They just were not comfortable with her power. That's my theory. Um, Okay, so what's what's up with that son of the morning? Why do we call him son of the morning? I'm not sure why, but uh, my first thought is uh, about the fact that the sun is exalted in Aries. Mm-hmm. So there's and it's that the first there's sign. that soul yeah, there's the mm-hmm. solar thing. Yeah, sun in the morning, the first sign, the, so mm-hmm. the rising, the rising sun, the beginning of the zodiac. Mm-hmm. So there could be that. I also here comes the devil again. The sun <laughs> of the morning is another title of Lucifer. The morning light. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. The light that bringer. has some connection with the Empress, as we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Could be. Could be. And we just started, before we went on air, we were starting to talk a little bit about this idea of the cubic stone. And uh, I think you came to the conclusion that that might have to do with the number four, simply with the number yeah, four. Yeah, well, he's he's card number four. Um, the, the four cubic, elements. The four The fourfold name. The fourfold power, the fourfold name, uh, the tetrad. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of symbols of four. It's interesting because um, he's not associated with Jupiter. Right. Or 
Or chesed. Or, or chesed. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the same symbols are here. And I think it has a lot to do with um, Jupiter being the king of the gods and he mm-hmm. being very much associated with rulership and kingship. So you see a lot of the same symbols of Jupiter here. The orb the orb, and the um, scepter are both symbols of Jupiter, mm-hmm. as well as the cubic stone. Right. We just want to make sure everyone knows he's like a really a king. Right. He's the king, king of way. kings. <laughs> Chief among the mighty. Right, right. Commander-in-chief. Right. So, um, so, however, his primary astrological correspondence in both these cards is... Aries. Aries, that's right. The very first sign of the year, March 21st, you know, from the uh, spring equinox through uh, April 20th or so. Um, and as you were saying, the sun is exalted in Aries, so we see... Ruler, uh, rulership. It's ruler is Mars, but the sun is its exaltation. Right, exactly. And what we see above all in terms of the references here are rams. Rams everywhere. Horns everywhere. (laughs) Yep. The last card was the all Venus channel, and this is the all ram channel. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so so let's let's have a look at the rams. Let's look at the rams in uh, in the Waitsmith Emperor. So in that card, you see four rams, another right. another four reference. Mm-hmm. So there's two on the back of his throne and two on the arms of his throne. Mm-hmm. That's right. Two sideways ones and two forwards ones. Right. And in Crowley's card, there are two rams, one over each shoulder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because... Uh, particularly interesting in the Wade Smith one that you have mountains uh, behind him, which you know is a natural habitat for a mountain sheep, I guess. Uh, right. I think climb. Crowley calls the rams in his the, the wild, wild mountain rams or something like <laughs> something very virile. Yes. Yes. You want to make sure that, you know, uh, that these are untamed rams. However, he does also have the, have the, um, yes, the lamb, the, the lamb, ram and lamb. So in the lower right of the Crowley card, you can see a lamb holding a little flag and the lamb has a bit of a halo going there. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, Agnes Day. Mm-hmm. The um mm-hmm. The, the lamb, lamb of, God. of God, the sacrificial lamb, and also the idea that um, that when you tame, you can tame, uh, you can domesticate the ram with good governance, um, with uh, with the administration of uh, of human authority, and uh, and create this docile creature. And there's there's you know the 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 whole sacrifice thing. There's also in a leader there's a willingness to sacrifice mm-hmm. oneself for the good of the the country or the uh, huh. those those <laughs> the, well when? there <laughs> maybe at one time um, there should be or there was uh, it's the ideal. <laughs> yeah, perhaps we should move on. <laughs> Yeah, we're not bitter. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So uh, let's see. I also feel that, you know, Mars being the ruler of the card, it just, they both feel so martial. I mean, I Mm. I guess it's that Givora red that's like splashed all over them. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about about red when we get to the colors, but it's very red. Yeah, yeah. There's there's that that sort of... um, that well, full feeling of energy that activates the beginning of we the can, year. We can talk about that now, just as since it's a natural segment. Yeah, yeah, might, might as well. Um, yeah, okay, let's talk about red. 
<laughs> yeah, so the the colors of this card are all basically different <laughs> forms of red. There's um there's brilliant red, there's regular red, there's <laughs> flame, brilliant flame red and then there's scarlet. Right, so um right. all all forms of red and and you know, I'm not even sure what their what the distinction is between scarlet red Brilliant flame and glowing red. Is they all sound I kind think of the, the same? The brilliant thing? flame has a bit of gold in it. So then mm. you're getting, you're bringing in the red gold, which yes. is a definite, definite uh, color theme of royalty, of solar power, of uh, you mm-hmm. know, supreme rulership. Is the red and the gold, the red tincture. We're getting into the alchemy mm-hmm. of it now. Mm-hmm. So I think that brilliant flame is what brings those golden aspects into the card. And scarlet is also more of an orangey. It's kind of got some of the yellow mixed with the red it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a brighter red and that, that, as opposed to a darker red and that golden yellow also um is a reference to the sun being exalted in aries mm-hmm. as we were saying before and uh we'll well we'll talk about whether or not there is a reference to tifereth or not when we get to the kabbalah uh there's controversy ahead folks okay so um anything else about red well i think it's you know oh, what, um mm-hmm, regardy says that Red, any paths that are red in are red in all the scales, and I'm not sure what he means by that in relation to any other paths, but it's certainly true in this one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what uh the tower maybe yes, that's true. Yeah. The tower mm-hmm. is very much red, yeah, mm-hmm. because that uh, corresponds to Mars and Mars, yeah, yeah. and this is yeah. Aries, so they're mm-hmm both very similar. Maybe that's what he was getting at. Maybe that's what he's getting at. I mean, I think it's so interesting that we see um, we see in the Wade Smith Emperor, he's clothed, absolutely clothed, um, head to, well, not head to toe, but shoulder he's, to knee he's, in, yeah, in he's red. he's draped in his red robe. Yeah, and underneath that, unlike, say, the Magician, where you have the white sleeves underneath, and uh, the Queen of Pentacles, where you have the white sleeves underneath, the red vestment you have armor underneath um which is a re- I, I which i always read as a reference to his hardness and rigidity and you know just being a square man <laughs> does he have here have a look at this i'm handing mel the card does he have a ram on his shoulder looks like it yep oh so there's five rams five rams we missed one. Well, four was such a nice number. Yeah, four was perfect for him. I think that is a ram on his shoulder, though. It kind of looks it, like it. Yep. I'd never seen that before. Hard to see, but... And then he's got the orb and scepter. Um, mm-hmm. Of rulership. I like to call the the holy hand grenade. <laughs> But here, you know, we talked about that because that's also in the Empress card. And so Mm -hmm. here we have the counterpart, the Emperor, also having this um, orb of dominion. Mm -hmm. So the round part is the... uh, the globe, the the earth, mm-hmm. and then there's mm-hmm. the cross above it. Mm-hmm. So the structure of four directions. So it's it's showing dominion and structure over the earth in this case. Mm-hmm. And I also, when I see the emperor card, I I often think, and when I see that orb, I think of the the Masonic square and compass. So there's the the, the cross, which is composed of well, basically four squares, four corners there, like the like the, the yeah. Yeah. And then the circle, which is what the compass the compass Describes. defines. Right. Yeah, this the right. circle. So and 
those are the tools of, uh, you know, an architect, a master builder. Mm-hmm. And I also think of this card as uh, the great architect, the, the mm-hmm. master builder. The one who creates design over the force of nature. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then they say that's why the empress comes before the emperor, because mm-hmm. if the empress was not there to bring forth the the forms of nature, there would be nothing for him to rule, nothing right. for him to structure. <laughs> So, and without his power, I mean, nature would surely be very chaotic without some Mm -hmm. form of uh, structure occasionally imposed on it. Occasionally imposed, yeah, yeah. The, um, but it's, it's a losing battle. I mean, look what happens oh, to the roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll always win in the end. Yeah. The uh, the Waitsmith Emperor doesn't get a Maltese cross on his. He just gets something that looks like the golden apples of Eris. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, it's just like a sort of a round thing. Or a grenade with the pin pulled already. <laughs> oh, and there's another ram in Crowley's card. It's on yes, the on the, on the scepter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where... Mm-hmm. where Waits card has the um, kind of like a an ankh, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, has yes. the ram head. I think it's supposed to be you know the it's the crooks on Sada the handled mm-hmm. cross, which is yep. uh, which is um, I think the Christian Western stylized version of the ankh. Actually, I was just looking it up in. Um, in the symbol book, in uh, what do you call it, Penguin's Dictionary of Symbols, which, guys, is a is a terrific um, reference that you might wish to have on hand. Uh, and it actually says that the um, so so it basically just says that the the crooks Ansada and the Ankh are um, related, and I believe that um, that Wait actually uh, thought of this as being that symbol as in the pictorial key he talks about it as as the crooks on sada and it's that union of the you know the circular and the and the circle and the line so circle and the cross again circle and the cross so it's a union of feminine and masculine but you know also the uh, the circle or oval of the ankh representing the endless cycle of you know life and death and renewal um I believe that the Ankh was also considered a key type. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is a kind of symbol. A, a form of key. Yeah, yeah, that you bring with you uh, and when you're. Speaking of symbols, the little Aries glyph on the top of the oh, Emperor's yeah. crown in, in the weight card. That's a little beanie nice, on top. a nice touch, little propeller. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Right. Oh, and another uh, reference about the rams that I thought was interesting is the the ram is often a symbol of Amun-Ra. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So that's the king of the gods there. So again, another kingship uh, ram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much mm-hmm. more ancient reference. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I mean, because we live in the modern world and we don't have rams around, we don't think about it that much. But the ram is such a uh, aggressive beast you know we know what we what we know about rams is that they they clash head on you know and of course the 
the body part associated with Aries is the head. The head, yeah. And, uh, and you know, and they clash with their horns and they make the mountains ring with their combat. And the, so. the whole glyph of Aries is the shape of the, the ram head with the spiral horns. Mm-hmm. I think there's something something to that. I mean, Aries is the rules the head and the, the glyph is the ram head. And this, there's something about the spiral forces there that... I don't know. It speaks to to the order of the ordering of nature to me mm, when yes. when I see that. Yeah, because of the ra- the golden ratio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, to me, it speaks of headaches because whenever I get like the tower, you know, Mars, the tower, uh, I hit my head <laughs> invariably. Okay, so astrologically. We also have this idea that the emperor is associated with these two of wands, three of wands, the four yeah, of wands, the three right? decans of Aries. That's right. That's right. So, which are hermetically dominion, virtue, and completion. completion. So, so as far as emperor themes go, you know, we have that idea of rulership. Um, you can't really get any more martial than Dominion, you know, because it's both <laughs> Aries and Mars, Mars ruling and the Decan. Right. So it's like, right, it cards the boss, <laughs> right, right. And there's there's not a lot of reflection and introspection in the first Decan of Aries. Let's put it right. that way, uh, and as well as the Emperor being that sort of red, red, red martial. Red of Mars, red of Aries card. But yet it's a two, so Hakma, so that's why there's blue in it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then the idea with virtue, uh, so there's this idea of good governance, um, you know, the lamb being the well-governed version of the ram that that kind of goes with this idea of virtue. Uh, in the weight three of wands you have where, you know, you, 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 you do your best, you make your best investment, you, you act according to principle, and then hopefully you'll get a return on investment. Uh, you can see that with the guy waiting for his ships to come in. But I think my favorite of all is the Venus and Aries, the Four of Wands. Right? Yeah, because that's like a natural pairing mm-hmm. with the Emperor and Empress. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. together and they. That's why that card is often the happy marriage card that comes up. Yeah, yeah, the idea that um, the Emperor can dominate, the Emperor can be a good man, but he's not complete. Until he's got the empress. <laughs> yep. Behind every good man is... Yeah, I don't know they how... Say? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I don't know how good it is for Venus because she's in her detriment. <laughs> but it's certainly... Um, this is a moment. Maybe that's why it's... The Four of Wands always seems to be a fleeting moment or a temporary moment. You know, the moment to celebrate the wedding rather than the marriage. All the fours seem like a, like a plateau of sorts where mm-hmm. you, you've, you've attained something, but... You're just pausing for a minute before the the five. <laughs> right, right, right. There's a there's a moment of rest from strife, as the Four of Swords says. Right. Yeah. 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 Should we do Kabbalah? We're gonna have to get into that whole oh. <laughs> thing. All right, we're gonna have to get into the whole Kabbalah thing. So what you're hearing um, is some nervousness on both our parts because here we go into the first. Um, well, really, the only uh, divergence in terms of path assignation on the Tree of Life um, within the Golden Dawn, 
because uh, whereas Crowley basically adopted most of the path correspondences on the Tree of Life, he did make one very major shift, and we are here. You want to describe it? So it, it stems from when he received the Book of the Law, there was one enigmatic line in there that said, Zadi is not the star. And for many years, he himself was trying to puzzle out, well, if that's true, then what is Zadi or what is, the, which, you know, what is the star? And eventually, many years later, he came to this, I think, rather brilliant conclusion that Zadi is the emperor and the star is Hay. Um, so he basically switched their Hebrew letter attributions. And because the, the attributions, the, you don't switch the paths. The paths are the paths. Mm -hmm. But if you switch the letter, then it ends up on a different path. Right. So he ended up moving from his traditional placement, which is between Hakma and Tifereth, to lower down on the tree. Um, between Netzach and Yesod. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, at first glance you might think, well, that makes no sense at all because wouldn't this very masculine card belong on the path between the father and the son? Um, and you'd think, why would you move him to the mm -hmm. very feminine path between the uh, Venus the and the Venus moon? moon? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of the sun and Jupiter. Mm -hmm. So at first, at first glance, a lot of people are like, no. But I've done a lot of thinking in that, and there are many compelling arguments, some of which he outlines in the Book of Thoth, and perhaps we can throw that diagram up there. Yes. About how it, it, it balances the other switch that the Golden Dawn made to the uh, Marseille deck in numbering on the other end of the Zodiac, which... I don't know how much we want to talk about that. Maybe we oh, could just yes, put something we'll get, up. On, we'll get to okay, that too, so, definitely at but, some point. But the reason it makes sense for me, so there's there's a couple of reasons. One reason is, okay, so we were talking about how the emperor's function is to order to order nature. So the empress is very much that chaotic, feminine outpouring of, of desire and nature, whereas the emperor seeks to structure and rule that. Mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense that so he's placed on that path in order to master and structure those forces of desire and those forces of, of those very more feminine subconscious or unconscious forces. So his task really on an exoteric level is, you know, the, the governance of the world. or, mm -hmm. or But on an mm -hmm. inner level, that's to govern those forces within yourself. Mm -hmm. So what about, um, what about the connection with Tzadi? How do you see the fishhook connection? Because Tzadi meaning fishhook, and, you know, we look to see if there's some kind of reference to that within the card or in the imagery. In the well, right there, I mean, when I, when I think of the, the fishhook, to me, that seems like a, a masculine symbol, whereas, hey, the window is, mm -hmm. is a very much a feminine, it's an opening, it's looking out a window at the stars. I mean, that just poetically really feels right to me. But I think the most compelling reason is that by placing 
the star on the path of hay rather than the emperor, you bring balance to the fourfold name, whereas now it's the father, the mother, the son, and the daughter. It's the yod hay vow hay. There are two masculine and two feminine. If the emperor was hay, you you'd have all mm-hmm. patriarchal God, <laughs> complete, you know, and maybe that was fine mm-hmm. for the old aeon, but mm-hmm. not. it's not going to fly anymore. <laughs> it's the, Now we have a balanced mm-hmm. divine name of God with both masculine and feminine aspects. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, so as you can see, Mel has a very well-reasoned and thought-out and well-considered um, rationale for seeing the way Tzadi makes sense as a correspondence for the emperor. And if you use her decks, the Rosetta and the Tabula Mundi, you'll see that correspondence, and it's worked in graphically as well as in the uh, underlying esoterics. I personally use the traditional Golden Dawn uh, assignation, which is the... Um, emperor as hey. Um, and for me, that has to do uh, with the idea that, you know, again, that connection, as you were saying, between Chokmah and Tifereth, the father and the son. But also, for me, when I think of hey as a window, that that seems appropriate to me following the door, because the door, you know, you have to go in, you have to go out, but the, the window serves a different purpose. Um, the attribute that goes with hay um, is sight. So besides being our first sense, our, you know, the first of our five senses, our primary sense, uh, so that goes in a sense with the first sign of the year, uh, it also, a window is a design thing. It's like, it's it forces you to frame the world outside and see it uh, in your way. It limits the force of nature that we saw in the Empress to something that's constructed and square. So that's how I see the rationale for the window. Um, without sight, you wouldn't need a window. And with a window, you get to exercise sight alone among senses by looking out through it. So to me, that's how that joins up with uh, with the Empress path. And this idea of deliberately choosing to limit what you see as a sort of analog for the structure, discipline, and governance uh, metaphors within this card. So the point is that, um, as with anything in tarot, you know, there are many different correspondences, uh, many different attributions. You choose the one you want, you find a rationale for it, you stick with it, and it'll work for you no matter what. But Saudi is not the star. <laughs> My prophet shall reveal it to the wise. <laughs> oh, he caused so much trouble with that. There, There is the issue of Crowley himself contradicting himself, as we were talking about mm-hmm. before we went on the air. Uh, he has, what did you say, like 12 references to... Yeah, I think Mary Greer put out a list somewhere that there were, you know, 11 or 12 references to... Um, Zadi as being the path of the emperor and she could only find two references where he contradicts himself and puts it on the old path and I think there's some credence to the theory that you know after 30 years of doing it one way he <laughs> and he only later in his life came to this this new conclusion that you know some maybe old ingrained habits 
yeah, know, weren't, weren't edited out of the text or something. Right. So the uh, the I have the actual quote from the Book of Thoth here, where he says, "It is finally to be observed that the white light which descends upon him descends upon the emperor." Indicates the position of this card in the Tree of Life. His authority is derived from Chokmah, the creative wisdom, the word, and is exerted upon Tifereth, the organized man. So there's a, some sort of a shaft of white light from the upper right of the card uh, going straight across through the middle, which you said also... Right, but well, both right. paths are diagonal from upper right to lower exactly. left. Exactly. So it could actually, artistically, it could apply to from either. Netzach to Yasod as well, because it's the same sort of orientation. So you know, you can see it either way, even with even with that shaft of light um, descending from the right. I think we got through the Kabbalah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's enough from that controversy. <laughs> There's a lot more you could say, but yeah. we won't go there for. for Okay. Today. Shall we shall we talk about sulfur? Sure, we can talk about sulfur. Okay. So remember that we uh, had the alchemical uh, correspondence of salt with the empress and we've had the alchemical correspondence of mercury with the magician and now finally we have the third leg of the tripod which is sulfur. And that is the alchemical correspondence for the emperor. So where do we see that in the card? So on the shield uh, corresponding to the, it's on the other side of the card from the empress's shield, but we've mm-hmm. got the, the red eagle, the double-headed eagle. This is on eagle, the Thoth card. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Thoth card, yeah. So in, whereas in the empress, we, we had the white eagle holding mm-hmm. a lunar crescent. Here we have the red eagle eagle holding a solar um disc disc yes and it's yes. a very fiery um phoenixy looking red eagle at that right and as we were saying in the previous uh show the red tincture the red eagle represents the refined um next step of the white eagle after it has been uh had things done to it's it it's the <laughs> counterpart to it's the solar the solar counterpart um to the lunar white eagle or you could say the um the silver the gold to the orum to the ore you know the mm-hmm. the gold to the silver mhm counterpart mm-hmm. right right and then we also have famously the the thoth emperor's body position so we saw that the empress had sort of a rounded um loosely uh salt glyph like Mm-hmm. <laughs> position very loosely and we have something similar going on right with, so this mm-hmm. the symbol for sulfur is a triangle upward upward pointing triangle like the symbol for fire with the cross beneath it mm-hmm. so um at least that's one of the glyphs i think that there's another one that's more common uh it seems that that's the one being postured in yeah. the card, though, because mm-hmm. you can see Absolutely. he's got the tri- his arms kind of with his head form the upright triangle, and then his crossed legs form the, the cross beneath. Right, right. I mean, it's pretty hard to contort your body into an alchemical symbol. <laughs> I think they did very well on all three of Crowley's cards, mercury, sulfur, and mm-hmm. salt. They actually do, if you look for it, you mm-hmm. can see it in their posture, which probably wasn't easy for poor Frida to execute <laughs> <A for> effort <laughs> lady frida <laughs> another thing that's interesting on the thoth card is the the two sons that are um on he's his sitting throne? he's sitting between or mm-hmm. they're they're on the arms of his throne i mm-hmm. guess and there's two things about that um 
The first is that the 16, we've got the 16 pointed stars on there, which we Mm -hmm. talked about before as possibly being a compass Mm -hmm. um, in all the directions, which makes sense of, you know, his dominion in all directions. That's another double eagle reference is, you know, seeing in both two directions but and the, and the cross on the orb is seeing in all directions so perhaps this relates to that and i also mm-hmm. i think it was in snuffin's book that he said that the 16 points are because uh 16 is the atomic number of sulfur now i don't Whoa. know if that's true or really? not we could verify that <laughs> fact but i he did say that and i thought that was interesting as well that's really interesting i had never heard that um hang on i'm just getting my Periodic table uh, placemat. <laughs> this is a house with children in it. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, let's fact, fact check nothing here. Oh, yeah, 16 All atomic right, numbers. So he's sulfur. correct. Correct, Amundo. So there's both the compass and the dominion over all directions reference, as well as getting a little um, periodic table action in here. <laughs> Do you think... I mean, is it, so out of is curiosity, what to... are the other periodic numbers for the other three alchemical? Uh, uh, just just to oh, see yeah, if we can Mercury trace them down on the other well, cards. Salt, of course, doesn't have one because it's, oh, right. yeah, it's, it's yeah, sodium yeah. chloride. Yeah, but um, but mercury we should be able to find. Um, okay, so um, atomic number of mercury is eighty, and that reduces to eight, uh, which is the number of hode, which is correlates to mercury plus we have the eight over the magician's head in the writer Waite smith um so yeah it's <laughs> very good <laughs> so yeah as we were saying i'm sure it was all on purpose and shit okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so what were you gonna say okay so back to those um suns on either side of him he sits between these two suns on, i don't know if they're mm-hmm. actually part of his throne or if they're just He's in between them. Mm-hmm. Sixteen um, pointed stars. You were saying. It always makes me think of the the mythology of twin suns. So mm. both on the symbolic level of the solar twins mm-hmm. as infants, which, by the way, Aries is the sign of the infant, which is very mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. But also, um, there's the mythology of of our sun having a twin. Which, so if you think about Earth orbits the sun, mm-hmm. well, there's a theory that our sun orbits a larger sun in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I had to guess, it would be serious. <laughs> At right. least in their theory. Right. I don't know. Every time I see the two suns, it makes me think of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's interesting about this card, at least about the Crowley card, is that it is facing over to the left, and of course the Empress is facing over to the right, so they're looking at each other, which is a, a nice detail that we don't see so much in uh, Wade Smith, where they're both kind of looking straight ahead. Yeah, I think that's um, part of the Marseille tradition, where yeah. the, the Emperor and Empress are in profile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have something we didn't talk about with the Empress, but we... Um, on both the emperor and the empress, their tunics have bees mm. on them. Um, and the bee, of course, is traditionally associated with Venus. Right. It's associated with um, royalty in particular. It's also both a lunar and a solar correspondence to it. Um, 
you know, solar because the bees gather the honey and the nectar on sunny days and they're very much in tune with the sun and the solar cycle, but lunar because the hive is 99% female. Ah, right. So they're a very, uh, so they're, they're both lunar and solar just like the emperor and empress and the bees are both on both tunics. On the um, empress's tunic, which I guess we didn't have time to talk about last time, but She's got bees and dominoes and spirals. Dominoes, yeah, dominoes. Supposedly, um, there's dominoes in there. Um, uh, you huh. have to look really closely. Where, where is it to see? Forget which. Oh, is that right there? That looks like a domino. See, oh, yes. look at that. Right see the, the domino of, right there. Okay, the, so that this circular would be thing on the upper left shoulder. Very looking hard at the to card, see, but it's there. There's sort of a rectangle inside of something that looks like a spirograph creation. Um, and yes, and also on her lower, her lower, her lower left sleeve, as we look at it, um, there's also something rectangular in there that looks like, why dominoes though? Yeah. Why dominoes? I mean, I, so when I think of a domino, it's black and white. So there's that whole life, death, polarity theme that we talked about there. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the, uh, the, the root of the word domino, dominus, uh-huh. domina, God. Um, mm-hmm. and domus from house, ah, which is, so the, yeah. the master and mistress of the house, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's probably other stuff there that I'm not Could even be. aware of to do with dominoes. <laughs> well, what I like, isn't there a number thing? How many dominoes are there? Are there a certain number of uh, dots on the dominoes or something? I bet well, you, I bet you there's a reference there because they're so numeric. Be. I mean, so there are um, 28 uh, dominoes, dominoes in a, in a set. set. Yeah. And <laughs> so that made me think the number, if if you use the Crowley system, then the path number of the emperor is 28. And the way that works is you have the 10 sephirot, and then the emperor is on the 17th path, which you would perhaps normally think of as the star's path if you weren't using Crowley system. And 10, uh, 11, uh, 11 plus 17? 11 plus 17. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, but it should be because 10 plus it 17. Starts, it starts with the fool at 11. Right. Okay. So, well, anyway, I'm sure he did it uh, because for that very reason. I don't know why the dominoes <laughs> are there. But back to anyway on him. And we so we kind of backtrack to the mm-hmm. empress because of the, the bees, which are mm-hmm. on both of their tunics. Mm-hmm. So we've established that that's a a lunar and a solar just like they're they themselves are lunar and solar the bees are a lunar and a solar and i'd really like for us to include on the website we'll do this um copy of your uh, emperor and empress from tabula mundi because it's so beautiful the way you've got the bees in the empress and then the beehive in the emperor you know imposing the structure on uh, on the bees themselves and you have the i believe you have the golden ratio in the spiral of the bees on the empress, but the Fibonacci sequence on, on the emperor on the emperor. So you know, there's uh, the rational and the irrational there. Yeah, it's the really, rational number you know, and the irrational. Number. It's beautifully done. So I definitely well, think we should have that up there. And there's also the bees as a symbol of royalty. The it's, I've heard that in addition to being a phallus in the yoni thing the uh fleur de lis is also a bee can we have like a drinking game like first mention Every of ta- phallus right, right. <laughs> that sounds fun yeah shot of vodka <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm sorry, you were but the floor, the Florida Lee is also oh, yes. said to be the shape of a B. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can see that. Right, I can I can see that if I squint a little. Is that another sun behind his head? It is, in fact. It is, in fact. Hmm, yeah. that's interesting because there's, well, there's a whole sun behind the sun reference going on there then. So in addition hmm. to the whole twin sun things that mm-hmm. we already talked about, there's the, the there's a phrase called the sun behind the sun. And is that a Crowley thing? It's a golden dawn thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is it what? It's a reference to Keter or to Hoc- yeah? It's, uh, to it's, it's a it's a reference to Keter behind Tifereth. It's also a reference to the star Sirius and the whole twin suns mythology mm-hmm. too. It's, a, it's another mm-hmm. way of saying that. So I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So so uh, I think I made reference to this in the beginning. So if you think of the path of the emperor is going from Chokmah to Tifereth. The sun could be a reference to Tifereth. Or if you're thinking of it as the path from Netzak to Yesod, you can sort of imagine him sort of being below it with Tifereth shining up above. Mm. So I guess it all is in how you see it. But as we as we have seen, there's just solar references everywhere. Another thing um, maybe we could mention is about the whole Aries thing. This is the so this is the first card we've done that's an oh, astrological yes. sign. Right. We've had we've had the alchemical um, air for the fool, and we've had the two planetary Mercury and Venus. But now we're to the first one. That's a zodiac sign. That's right. So, so uh, first um, single letter. What might be interesting to look at when we do each of these zodiac signs is to look at the three decans of oh, yeah. the sign. Mm-hmm. So. For Aries, we have, if you look at the three minor cards associated mm-hmm. with Aries, it should tell us something about those three decans and about this sign in general. That's so right. So the, the two, three, two, and four. Two, three, and four of wands. So we've which got are a, Mars, Sun, and Venus. Yeah. So Aries. we've got Dominion, the Lord of Dominion. Mm-hmm. So there you go. The there you go. With another Orb of Dominion reference. Mm-hmm. We've, then the Lord we've, of then Virtue. we've got Virtue. So Vir, V-I-R, the root virtue is, uh, you know, manly, mm-hmm. virile. Mm-hmm. Uh, other words like right virtue as in upright man kind of. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying not to get my buttons pushed. <laughs> Reference, and then there's the, the uh, Lord the of completion. completion. So that's the one with, with the Venus, Venus and Mars, where Venus completes him, which is uh, which is so so so. I've come to so appreciate that card so much more just knowing that the presence of the Empress and the Emperor is combined in it, even though yes, Venus is in detriment in Aries, I believe, but. So, yeah, because it's opposite her rulership sign of Libra. Right. And also, uh, according to the same system, this this is associated with, so those first two, two and three of wands are associated with the queen of wands. Right. right. And um, but also the ten of cups. The, right. Because all the queens are cardinal. Queens are cardinal. Uh, they're mm-hmm. at least two of their Mm-hmm. Their main sign, queens are cardinal. So Aries goes with, you would think, with the king of wands, but no, it's with the queen of wands. Right. So last decan of Pisces, first two of Aries. And of course, um, maybe someday we'll get to go through the courts and do this in exhaustive detail. How great would that be? <laughs> okay. So, um, right. 
Okay. Anything else? You know, the, um, the eagle has is associated with Aries generally. Right, it is. And, and it's, it's, we see it there. It's a military victory. You see it in heraldry yes. a lot to s- signal the might and military victory of the, you know, the emperor or the king or the mm-hmm. pharaoh. Or, mm-hmm. and you also- see it on the top of, uh, I think it was Napoleon who had it on the top of his flag standard. That's where that, you see it a lot on the American flag mm-hmm. standard, the sure. eagle. So sure. there's a... And also the eagle is associated with sight. Interestingly, the ruby uh, is associated more with red. Mars. More red. The geranium, more red. Um, the oak, the king of trees. Uh, not that we see any um, references to that, but also the thorn. That's interesting, the oak, because mm-hmm. when I think of the oak, I think of in the um, the Agam language, mm. the oak... The letter is door, which is the oh, empress. Ooh, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pronounced, it's, it's a little different, but that's basically the meaning. It's, I think it's D-U-I-R, but it's pronounced the same way and it mm-hmm. has the same meaning of a door mm. because doors were a lot of times made of oak and very strong. Yeah. And yeah. so that's interesting just to think of the emperor. And again, it brings them back mm-hmm. together somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. In another tradition. Right. Right, and then there's also the thorn that is associated with it. That's just like the Mars cutting, burning, pointy, stinging kind yeah. of like, yeah, the, the pointy Mars yeah. glyph, which is um, <laughs> right, right, the erect um, member. Yes, yes, uh, right. Okay, so I think uh, it's time to break out some smells. I only have two for this. Pepper. Actually, I have three. I, I didn't bring um I will bring that for the for the tower. But for this one I have um basil, sweet basil, which uh you know is is very sharp. You know, which I guess makes sense, but basil of course is um from, refreshing. Yeah. I it's it's from the um Greek basilos, which means king. Actually, I tried to use basil in my Aries perfume, but it was just too, I don't know, it just, it's just like you couldn't smell anything else. Typical King stuff. So <laughs> uh, I also have some myrrh, which is uh, associated with this. This is another thing that is oh, really that's hard interesting, to use. The three, all three Kings and yeah. all that. Frankincense, Frankincense golden and myrrh. And, yeah. It smells like rubber. Mm. And again, I tried to use that in one of my yeah. You always hear you always hear the jokes. I'll keep the frankincense and the gold. You (laughs) You can have thanks on the myrrh. (laughs) But I did also get okay. I don't know if you're going to want to smell this because this is uh, not apoponics, which is sweet myrrh, but it is the 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 key ingredient in apoponics, which is bisaboline. It's more tolerable. Is uh, black pepper? uh, a um, Aries or Mars thing? I think it's a Mars thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what it's I thought. It's a Mars thing for sure. I like the smell of black pepper. I love As the an smell essential of black oil, pepper. it's really nice. Yeah, and the thing is that's really interesting is that like salt, you know, you add pepper to a fragrance and it just makes it come alive even if you don't smell the pepper. Like, especially if you have something with vanilla in it or something that's sweet, mm. um, just adding one drop of pepper just makes the whole thing go whoosh. So, um... Let's see, the note, musical note associated with this is uh, C, because it's red, and mm. that's the first uh, color in the scale, so C is the first uh, note in the scale as well, and um, 
yeah, so it's red all over. And so for those of you who are doing planetary magic, be, be sure to vibrate and see when you're on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, uh, anything else? Are there any other, do we have any other cards that reduce to four that perhaps we should bring into the conversation well, let's see. so we have there would be death. 13 death 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 yeah. yeah that's interesting as a sort of counterpart to the empress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because we talked about that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and if you think about like the watery components of the empress being associated with like hanged man 12 reducing to three and hanged man is right. water yeah we didn't even talk about yeah. that with the empress yeah didn't think of it um, and of course, uh, 13 death Scorpio ruled by Mars right. as uh, Aries is. Yep. So there's the connection between those two. That's interesting. All right. Um, I think that's it for uh, the emperor, his fiery majesty. And uh, be sure to come back next week for the Hierophant or Hierophant. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the gnarly business of pronunciation then. I'm sure you can't wait. <laughs> And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you're enjoying fortunes wheelhouse, won't you leave us a review on iTunes? It's more helpful to us than you can imagine. Even a sentence or two multiplies our reach so that other tarot enthusiasts out there like you, can find and enjoy the show. And if you'd like to have a chance at these amazing giveaways that we keep mentioning, why not become a patron at the $3 level or above? You'll be entered to win in our prize drawings, you'll gain access to the 78 Playlist Tarot Music Project on Spotify, and you'll unlock a treasury of patron-only esoteric content on our website. What's that website again? It's www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse we can't wait to welcome you to the wheelhouse community because you are a hero of the astral plane and we so appreciate your support 